August 2nd. As we turn our attention to the New Testament now, we'll be reading in the book of Romans, chapter 15. We'll read about a debt to the weak. You see, the strong must bear the weak and help them grow. And you know what that takes? It takes love and patience and unselfishness. It takes mature believers to do this. If we live to please ourselves, we will not follow the examples of Christ who lived to please the Father and help others. And we'll read about a debt to the lost. God saved the Jews so that they might reach the Gentiles and lead them in praising the Lord. God has saved us so that we might win others, other worshipers, that will walk in truth and walk in the Spirit of the Lord. We have a debt to pay. And there is a debt to Israel. The Gentiles are indebted to the Jews, and that debt is paid by praying for them, witnessing to them in love, and sharing our material gifts to assist them. It was the great uh, writer Thomas Merton who said, To consider persons and events and situations only in light of their effect upon myself is to live actually on the doorstep of hell. We have to reach out to others with love from a pure heart. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. August 2nd, Romans chapter 15, verse 23, through chapter 16, verse 9. But now I, Paul, have finished my work in these regions. And after all these long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can send me on my way again. But before I come, I must go down to Jerusalem to take a gift to the Christians there. For you see, the believers in Greece have eagerly taken up an offering for the Christians in Jerusalem, who are going through such hard times. They were very glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the wonderful spiritual blessings of the good news from the Jewish Christians, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will give me a great blessing for you. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the Christians there will be willing to accept the donation I am bringing them. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a happy heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now may God, who gives us His peace, be with you all. Amen. Our sister Phoebe, a deacon in the church in Centria, will be coming to see you soon. Receive her in the Lord as one who is worthy of high honor. Help her in every way you can, for she has helped many in their needs, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. They have been co-workers in my ministry for Christ Jesus. In fact, they risk their lives for me. I am not the only one who is thankful to them. So are all the Gentile churches. Please give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. 
Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was the very first person to become a Christian in the province of Asia. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Then there are Adronicus and Junia, my relatives, who are in prison with me. They are respected among the apostles and became Christians before I did. Please give them my greetings. Say hello to Ampliatus, whom I love as one of the Lord's own children, and Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and beloved Stachys. A while back, my family and I spent the day in a state park doing some hiking. And while we were hiking, I saw something that I had never seen before. We saw a rock that was about the size of a basketball. And on the top of the rock, out of the middle of it, was a plant that was growing out of the rock, which looked really unusual. And the roots for the plant were underneath the rock. And I thought, boy, it must have taken a long time to get there because this plant would have grown up out of the ground. It would have, you know, hit its head on the rock in a sense, but it didn't give up. It either found its, you know, found a crack that worked all the way through the rock or maybe amazingly, it just chipped away at the rock all the way up as it was growing and it, and it didn't give up. But, but I had the thought, I'm like, man, this must have taken a long time. In fact, I bet we were some of the first people to see this plant growing up out of the rock. If somebody would have come a week earlier or two weeks earlier or a month earlier or maybe many months earlier, and if you told them that there was a plant growing in that rock, they would have called you crazy. And yet it was. It was there the whole time. I think of that story and it highlights an important biblical truth, I think, that that some things take time to grow. You know, like have you ever heard the phrase, an, an acorn doesn't become an oak overnight. It takes, it takes time. Jesus said the same thing is true about our faith, that faith takes time to grow. Or uh, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 4, he talks about a head of grain in the same way. He says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. In other words, there is progression, there is growth, and that growth doesn't happen quickly. And that's important to keep in mind in really two areas. Firstly, it's important to keep in mind when you're thinking about the faith of other Christians. You know, don't, don't expect young kids or teenagers to act like grown adults all the time. Don't expect new Christians to always act like mature Christians. Don't expect mature Christians to always act like perfect Christians. Every Christian's faith needs to grow, and we need to be patient as it grows. Secondly, it's important to keep in mind when it comes to your faith. If you're like me, then sometimes you can get kind of frustrated with your faith. You know, instead of, instead of being strong and courageous, sometimes, sometimes we get afraid. Instead of facing death with confidence, sometimes we feel really timid. And that's because our faith is never perfect either. It needs to grow. And you can be patient with yourself because Jesus is. You just think about his disciples and how far they were from being the perfect Christians and the, during the weekend on which he died. You know, Judas betrayed him and Peter denied him three times and the other disciples all ran away and by Sunday night they were all locked away in a room feeling really, really afraid and then Jesus appeared to them and he didn't say, man, I am so done with your puny faith. The first word out of his mouth was the word peace. And then just by being there, he was telling them, you know what, now we're going to be together forever in heaven someday. And that set, that set the church free to grow into what it is today, a planting of God himself. 
That includes you and me. Friends, is there someone in your life that you know needs some encouragement to be patient either with their own faith or with someone else's faith? Feel free to tag them or to share this video with them so that you can help let Jesus set them free from whatever it is they're going through right now. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Today we're reading Psalm 25. And this psalm is helpful when you're making decisions and seeking God's will. What kind of people does God guide? Well, those who glorify Him. If you want His will for His glory, He will show you the right path. If you have selfish motives, He may let you have your way, and then you will regret it. He guides those who wait. Hey, you're not wasting time when you wait on the Lord in prayer. He guides those who ask. God wants to show you His ways, teach you His paths, and lead you in His truths. The Word of God and prayer always go together, so spend time in His Word. If you ask Him sincerely, He will answer you clearly. He guides those who are clean and those who submit. God does not guide rebels, but He joyfully leads those who fear Him and submit to His will. So keep your eyes on the Lord and let Him have His way. He knows where He's going and what He's doing. So follow Him by faith, even when you don't understand. You know, the enemy was slandering David again, as we'll read here in this psalm, and he had no way to vindicate himself. Samuel Johnson called slander the revenge of a coward, and it is. What should you do when people spread lies about you? Psalm 25, verses 16 through 22. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for I trust in you. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O oh God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 20, verses 16 through 18. Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of a foreigner. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without the advice of others.